0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to We Talk Photo, the podcast of landscape and nature photography. I'm your host, John Peterson, and my co-host, Mr. Jack Graham, is still on extended sabbatical. He's off having a great time right now and doing really well, and I'll miss him, but you know what? The show must go on, so I thought I'd put out a little episode here for you this week. You know it's uh it's definitely unusual times right now. I'm sure all of you guys are experiencing some uh destruction in your lives and some definitely kind of a new reality and so I wanted to uh talk a little bit about that in today's episode as well as you know touch on some some news and touch on some gear and a little bit of the uh, you know the past three four months and uh we'll just kind of see where this episode goes all right so you know. Stay with me and, uh, you know, always appreciate comments We talk photo at gmail.com. Anything you guys want to hear about or talk about, let me know. And pretty soon Jack will be back. Uh, We've got a few more episodes in the can to to publish out to you guys. And I've got some more folks lined up. Um, So we're going to keep this rolling even while uh, Jack's off sitting on a beach somewhere, hopefully. And, uh, you know, having a good time. So it's all good. So, you know, uh, we don't talk a lot about gear, but, uh, you know, in the news, there was a couple of gear-related things that I that I wanted to kind of talk about. I think everybody who's a Fuji shooter has seen the uh, the X-T4 announcement and has been talking about X-T4s, and, and I, you know, I'm excited to see this. I think it's going to be an awesome camera. I'm intrigued and uh, excited for in-body stabilization. I think that'll be good. You know, I think the big question for a lot of folks is, uh, will the jump from the X-T3 to the X-T4 be big enough to warrant an upgrade? I can't answer that here. You know, we all have to answer that for ourselves. I think for me, um, potentially, you know, as a second body, I think having in-body stabilization is an awesome thing to have. I shot with the X-H1 for a long time and really appreciated the, the extra stabilization that I could get out of that camera. So I think for me that's one of those things that I'm going to upgrade to as, you know, have my have my XT3 as my second body and my XT4 as my primary. That way I can relegate my my wonderful XT2 that I loved for several years, uh, you know, off to Craigslist and and let it let it find a new home somewhere else. So, so that was kind of exciting news. Uh, Lee Filter Company. I just saw that they uh, released. Uh, or announced the release of a new filter system designed squarely for mirrorless cameras. And so it's smaller in size, still has the same Lee quality, has a new filter holder. They call it the uh, the 85, so 85 millimeter. I think a lot of us shoot with 100 millimeter, 100 by 150, 4 by 6 kinds of filters. And uh, so these ones are smaller, um, but still have the same Lee quality that's kind of something cool to check out. And then the other, uh, you know, the other thing that dropped this week was the latest iteration of Luminar. So Luminar 4.2 that has, uh, kind of augmented sky creation. Um, you know, I got, a, I got a beta copy of that, which was, which was nice, and I was playing around with it. And I think the biggest thing for me that really impressed me about the, this Luminar sky replacement and enhancement is how well they can automatically mask, detect and mask out the sky. It's, it's pretty amazing from a computational computer AI perspective how well they can do this. You know as a photographer i'm not that keen on on replacing skies. I mean, I think that's directed more towards instagram influencers and and folks like that but But just the technology you've been able to do that i I thought was pretty impressive i don't I don't anticipate using it myself, but you know yeah, to each his own so um, you know it's been a it's been a crazy crazy few months for me, uh, just to catch you guys up a little bit. you know, Jack decided to take a little bit of a sabbatical and I picked up his workshops and uh, you know in January, I started up in the Canadian Rockies uh, along the Icefield Parkway in Banff National Park. We had a small group fantastic environment for a winter photography workshop Uh, icefield parkway is beautiful every every kilometer of that parkway is just majestic and photo worthy and so we had great conditions um you know we didn't get a ton of new snow but it was cold it was crisp it was clear i think we got down to minus seven minus eight um one day Uh, you know and with the right gear that's not a bad it's not a bad temperature, but we all came away with just amazing memories, amazing photographs. And, uh, that was a, a phenomenal workshop, you know, and then a couple of weeks later, I, I, hopped over to Iceland and, uh, ran a week workshop over in Iceland with Orvar. And we had a great group of folks there. Uh, you know, we didn't have the best weather conditions cause right about that time that, um, that record-setting low pressure was building up in the North Atlantic, and causing just some amazing uh, atmospheric conditions to happen up in the area. Um, you know, we did get out to shoot just about—I think every day except for one—that was a little bit tough to shoot. But you know, overall, the weather—the weather held okay. We had—we had one day we had fifty to seventy mile an hour winds, and it's it was amazing just trying to stand up not even not even photograph i mean we couldn't get our tripods out of the truck of course but just even to stand up and try to bump your iso up get your shutter speed up and snap a couple of handheld images it was a uh, uh, almost a lesson in futility it was it was kind of comical at one point um but you know interesting weather but it's you know Dramatic weather conditions make for dramatic images, and so I don't want picture-perfect weather every single time I go out because that makes for boring photographs, in my opinion. So I, I appreciate dramatic weather, even though it makes it challenging. Uh, it also makes great memories. So I think I think our group up there had a had a fantastic time. Um, everybody made some beautiful images you know and then after a day's break i headed over to Lofoten, Norway to run uh, run a workshop over there for a week. We were we were based in the Lofoten area and uh, again had another small group but highly motivated, and highly dedicated to to capturing the the beauty of Norway. And that if you guys haven't been, it's a it's a oh my gosh, just unbelievably beautiful area. Mountains that go directly down into the ocean, uh, red and yellow fishing cabins. It's everything about it is just picture perfect. And, uh, you know, Norway, the whole country of Norway is really photogenic. The thing about Lef- the Lofoten area is that there's a really high amount of density of, of really sort of iconic or, or, or often photographed areas. And so that's why a lot of people flock to flock to that area is that you don't have to travel too far. Norway itself as a country is huge. And so trying to get to some of these beautiful areas, it's three, four, five hours a drive in between each of these locations. But down in Lofoten, it's, it's you know, half an hour, hour, hour and a half in between, kind of just through this whole archipelago. And so it's a really dense rich area to photograph. It's a little bit challenging to get to, I'll tell you that. Um, You know, you would think coming out of Iceland, going over to Norway, it would be easy. But I had to fly from Reykjavik over to Stockholm, up to Tromsø, and then down to Leknes. And it was a 12-hour travel day to, on the map, what looks like a quick little hop-hop um, it was challenging. And, you know, the weather over there is not the best. We had one person who had a flight who, who couldn't get into Lecness and had to take a ferry for five hours to make it over to us and likewise had to take a bus for four hours to get out of there when we left. And so it's, you know, it's a little bit of an adventurous place from a travel perspective if you're going in the winter. Summertime, springtime, weather isn't bad at all over there, but, but winter is really where those iconic photographs happen. You know, so I had great trips over there and then, and then finished out a couple of weeks ago with, uh, wildflowers down in the Sonoran desert in Arizona, had a large group down there and the bloom, the, the wildflower bloom was absolutely beautiful. You know, normally you think of the desert and you think of browns, lots of browns, but right now in the springtime, the desert is green. And if you've never seen a green desert, it's, it's a pretty amazing sight to see. And so we were in, uh, we started off down in Phoenix and in some of the areas north of Phoenix and then went down to Tucson and worked some of the areas down there, um, Pocacho Peak is one uh an area pl- close to Suaro National Parks another we also went in and shot the barrios down in Tucson which are barrios are are kind of traditional Mexican Spanish neighborhoods and they've been sort of gentrified and really cleaned up and but it's it's traditional architecture um beautiful vibrant colors lots of details it's a really interesting place to go photograph and I think everybody really enjoyed that so you know got home from Arizona, and then kind of all this uh all this craziness happened and and now a lot of folks are kind of staying home and stuck at home so it's uh it's kind of a new normal you know i had uh had a few workshops uh, one in April and one in uh the end of this month that that canceled due to this virus unfortunately, and so we're all sort of taking a hit and adapting to it and but you know, family's home, my wife's home, my kids are home, and, and we're all figuring out how to coexist at home. Um, and, it's, and it's really kind of interesting. Um, you know, the one, one other gear thing I wanted to tell you guys about was I, I came across a new uh, filter company, at least new to me, and a new holder system that's magnetic. And I know some of you guys use uh, the breakthrough magnetic filters. Some use Lee, some use SingRay um, that are non-magnetic. But when I saw these, I saw a client of mine had them out in Norway. And I saw them and became instantly um, interested in them. And so I contacted the company and I've been working with them and talking to them for the last uh, month or so. And this company is called H&Y. H&Y. And Y. H and y and they are out of the U.K., And they make an unbelievably intuitive, smart filter system. So, you know, one of the problems with um, using graduated neutral density filters on the front of your lens is that you can't really operate a circular polarizer if you need one. These guys have developed a, a filter holder that incorporates a circular polarizer in it with a scroll wheel that you can rotate the filter while you have GNDs on the front, you can also pop that filter out if you don't need a polarizer and just have a placeholder. You just have a, a just a gap. You can just remove the filter and still use your GND holder. Um, but the thing that that really intrigued me about their magnetic system is the filter holder itself that goes on your lens has embedded magnets in it, and then. The the GND filters themselves, so either GND or just ND, they make a 6-stop and a 10-stop, as well as all the basic GND stuff. They have a magnetic frame that goes around the glass filter. So their filters are shot glass, S-C-H-O-T-T, shot, very famous glass. Um, their, their glass filters, uh, they... They'll come with a magnetic frame around the filter itself. And all you do is you place that against the filter holder. If you need to stack filters, the magnets will stack numerous filters on top of one another. I had a two-stop and a three-stop GND filter stacked with a six-stop over the top to knock back a ton more light. It was a crazy amount of combination. I was doing a little bit as a test to look for color casts. Didn't see any color cast. So super happy about that. And the the other cool thing about this this magnetic frame system is that if you have existing GND filters from Breakthrough, Sing, Lee, doesn't matter who, you can buy just the magnetic frames to put around your existing filter. So you don't have to reinvest in a new uh, filter system from a glass perspective. So check them out, H&Y. I'll put a link up on the webpage for us. Um, check them out. Uh, you can get them at B&H Adorama, or they, they'll ship out of the U.K. without um, tax. And they get here within five to seven days. And great customer service, great folks over there. It's something that I'm pretty excited about and something that I'm, I'm looking forward to using a lot more in the field this spring as, as I get out. So kind of my, my whole gist of today a little bit is, you know, I, I think a lot of us are stuck inside. And if you're not used to being stuck inside, you know, what do you do with yourself? Hey, you know, this is a great time to be photo productive. I wrote a little blog post the other day about some of the things that I'm doing to hopefully try to inspire and, and motivate others. During this sort of time of social distancing or quarantining depending on where you're at and so here's here's just a few ideas for you guys to think about being productive around the house in terms of a photo productive not a honeydew list because we all got honeydew lists and we'll get to them eventually but let's let's work on our photography so one of the first things I I've been doing is cleaning up my archive. You know, there's a lot of images sitting around. There's a lot of folders that I had created at one point that need to go away. I created them for projects. Clean up your archive. Clean up your computer. It's a great time. Put on some music. Grab a cup, cup of coffee, a cup of tea, and clean up your stuff. It's a great time to do this. Along with that, It's also a great time to process images. Yay! I think everybody does that. Um, But for me, you know, I haven't had enough time to process images to the level that I want to process them at. So now that I have some free time on my hands, I'm going to be processing more images. And I encourage you guys, too, to do that as well. And, you know, one of the kind of cool things, too, is go back through some of your old folders, and look at the images again with fresh eyes. I find sometimes I'll go back through folders that, that I shot two, three years ago, maybe even four or five years ago, and I'll find hidden gems that at the time I didn't think they were worthy images. But now looking at them with different eyes and a different perspective, I see these hidden gems and I find them and pull them out of my archive. And it's a great time to do something like that. Create a photo book. You know, I don't know how many of you guys have have, uh, self-published a book of your images, but now is a great time to sit down and do that. You know, get your images off of your hard drive and get them out into the physical world where you can share them. Every year I create an image or a, a book of my images for the year so I can sort of track my photographic progression as well as I do create special themed books, depending on um, you know what's what's kind of going on with me photographically, I just published a uh, a compilation called Grand Teton National Park in winter. I've been going to the to the Tetons in winter f- for many years now, and uh, finally felt like I had a worthy amount of images to compile into a representable photo book. So I compiled that and published that just a couple of months ago. So set yourself a book project, create a book. Speaking of projects, start a photo project. Um, And by photo project, I mean, it is look at your images and see if there's themes or see if there's something that interests you about, groupings of images. I've got two different photo projects going on right now. And one of them is called serenity and where I'm, I sometimes shoot them intentionally out in the field or sometimes they just happen, but trying to pull together a collection of very serene images. And a lot of that is just almost natural abstracts, very soft light uh things that just induce a lot of calm in people and i'm going to put some poetry or some writing together with that and that'll be a, a book of serenity for me i think one of the other projects i'm working on i don't think i know is uh is a book of circles so f- random thing i don't i'm not i don't have a circle fetish or anything but it's it, i just started noticing that i had a collection starting of different circles I think I started in the abstract space for me. And then they moved into there's some natural circles that occur out in nature. And then I just started hunting and searching for more circles. And so I, that's another project that I've started that sort of grew organically out of looking back at my archive and going, ooh, I've got some circles going on here. I wonder if I put them all together. Would people be interested in that? I've got a, I, I just did a, a photo project a couple of years ago on Rust, just Rust, and published a book and have sold a whole bunch of those books. Uh, and I need to update that into version two. But there's a lot of photo projects that you can do with your own images. So look, you know, go through them, look for themes, look for patterns, look for something that, that could be the genesis of a photo project for yourself. I think the biggest thing that i that really gets me excited is learning something new. You know, i'm a i'm a continual learner. I love learning new stuff. And with the downtime, it's a perfect time to learn something new. Learn new processing techniques, learn a new skill set, let's editing video or grading video. That's a whole nother learning curve. If you guys are wanting to get into video, now might be a great time to sit down and start figuring out how you can shoot, edit, and grade, and publish video. Um, You know, there's a ton of resources out on YouTube, Kelby. um, There's just a million places to go find information to learn something new. So I really encourage you to do it. And if you don't know what you want to learn Uh, One of the ways I started learning new stuff is I would look at images that I liked, and I would go, ooh, I like the quality. There's some quality about this image that, that looks great. What is it and how do I learn how to replicate that in my own images? And then how do I go beyond replication to make it my own? And I just figured out what I wanted to do and then I figured out how I wanted to do it. And little by little, I started stacking these learning blocks on top of one another to get to where i'm at so learn something new next thing read a read a photo book there's a million different books out there to read photo related um you know my my friend guy tall is a is probably my favorite author really deep thinker um check out some of his books rick salmon does a great job he's a fantastic writer kelby's a great writer Um, Go out to, uh, if you guys have never been to a a publisher called Rocky Nook, Rocky Nook. uh, They have a lot of photo related books out there. Check them out. But read a book related to photography. Grow your knowledge somehow. Indoor shooting is another great idea. You know, Mike uh, Mike Moats, who's who's the the master of the macro. He uh, he spends most of it, a lot of his time indoors, as well as at bot- botanical gardens. But indoors, you can do a million different things indoors. You can shoot flowers, you can shoot abstracts, patterns, textures, colors, lights. There's endless possibilities of things to do in your own home. You know, I was telling my wife the other night one of the one of the most captivating photographs I saw in the last year was this beautiful abstract. It was shiny metal with these curves and lines and blue light. And I, I spent 10 minutes looking at this image. I couldn't figure out what it was. And finally I asked the photographer, I said, what is it? And she said, it was a square cheese grater that she had lit with a blue light and stuck the camera lens inside the cheese grater and took the picture. OMG. I never would have thought of that. But when I saw it, I was instantly captivated by it. So let your, let your imagination, let your stuff go free and just go shoot, get some flowers from the yard, go out and sit in the yard. You know, there's a lot of things that you can do around the house, photography related. And then finally, I think, uh, you know, one of the last ideas for uh, really encompassing social distancing is to get outdoors by yourself or with a family member. Go for a hike, go for a walk, get out of the house if you're starting to get a little stir crazy. You know, I'm a, I'm a little torn on, uh, on promoting getting outdoors because it still puts a drain on some of the resources. You need gas, you need food, and yada, yada, yada. But you know, get outside and get some fresh air. And as you're doing that, stop and be present in the moment. Too often in our normal daily lives, we're rushing from thing to thing and appointment, to appointment, meeting to meeting. And we never stop and smell the roses. We never appreciate where we're at, no matter where we're at. Stop and appreciate where you're at. Uh, before a lot of this, social distancing happened. I was, I was in a a coffee shop sitting on the patio and they had a water feature and I spent five minutes sitting there just appreciating the sound of the water. And that really brought a lot of happiness and joy to me to, to, to value where I was at in that moment, even though it was just a coffee shop, it was still a wonderful place to be. So don't forget to appreciate and observe where you're at and be present in the moment and be present with who you're with. This is a great time for us to connect with other people. So, you know, with that, because I'm flying solo right now, I think I'm going to end this podcast for today and wish you guys all a very safe and very healthy time. Practice good practice good social behavior and don't forget to wash your hands and all that kind of good stuff, but take care of you. And, and, and even though this is scary, use this time to also improve your photography in some way. I really encourage you to do that. Um, don't let creativity die in a time of, of fear and anxiety. Okay. Now's the time to really embrace our creativity and our artistry and and let it flourish to help carry us through to you know where we're going to be here in a few weeks so everybody take care questions comments whatever we talk photo at gmail.com and stay tuned for future episodes all right bye-bye